This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, Episode 64. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood. I'm here with my amazing, wonderful, purple-shirted co-host, Chris Graham. Chris, how you doing today, man? Hey, everybody. Hey, Brian Hood. How's it going? Man, you do that voice thing again where people just turn the podcast off immediately. You did that a couple of weeks ago and we lost listeners. Oh, sorry. I'm just really bummed. I'm just joking. You did. And actually, fun <laughs> fact, we had our first 5,000 download a week last week. So congratulations, Chris. First week of January, we had our first 5,000 download a week. Whoa. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 I don't know what's happening, but I'm happy about it. Yeah, guys, this is fun. Thanks for listening to us talk about nerd stuff. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Chris and I have been talking a lot recently because it's, so at the time we record this, it's beginning of the year for us. So we're always a little ahead of the curve of the podcast episode. So that's just something you got to focus on and deal with when it comes to when it airs versus when we record it. So Chris and I, we've been talking a lot about our future, our year yeah. ahead of us. What are we planning? What are our goals? What are we trying to do? And when we talk about this stuff, you know, we always have these things come into mind of how does this translate directly to home studio owners? Because a lot of the goals we have are with the podcast, but again, a lot of them are with our businesses, our studios and other things we got going on as well. And one of the things that Chris and I talked about today that we really thought we should bring to the Six Figure Home Studio audience is creating some sort of scoreboard for your business so you know that you are indeed making progress. And there's a number of ways we can set that up. And we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. There's a great quote by Mr. Peter Drucker. Am I saying his name right there? Yeah, you're saying his name right. I think he's the one who did the quote. We're not sure. Yeah, we're pretty sure. It's fine. We don't fact check anything on this podcast. We just say it. <laughs> his quote is, what gets measured gets managed. And I believe it was on the last episode, we talked a lot about ostriches. Ostriches stick their head in the sand instead of dealing with the intense reality that is reality. And that we do this as home studio owners all the time, as business owners, that it's this sort of like, uh, I just want to make art. I'm not going to really embrace what's actually happening in reality. And this is really important. The thing I want to talk about today, this is one of my favorite things in business. And without a doubt, one of the things that's helped my business the most, and it's this idea of a scoreboard. Imagine if you will, you're a Chris Graham and you are on the worst football team that has ever picked up a pigskin at Davis Middle School. See, in seventh grade, we didn't win a single game. In eighth grade, we lost all of our games and then tied the last game of the season. And we were so pumped about tying this game, even though we had a shot at actually our first win. The reason we didn't win was because the scoreboard was broken. We didn't know how much time was left on the clock, and we were unable to plan to get a touchdown with, you know, a couple seconds to go. Now, not having a scoreboard, ah, so what? You know, big deal. It's so important for our businesses to have a scoreboard that you can look at and know if you're winning or if you're losing. Is your business growing or is it shrinking? And so this Drucker quote, what gets measured gets managed, to apply that is to build yourself a scoreboard where you can glance at it and take your head out of the sand, aka the ostrich, and embrace reality and say, sweet, my business has grown over the course of the last month or my business has shrunk. And we talked about this a little bit on episode number 57, where we talked about getting out of debt as a business owner or as an individual. 
building the scoreboard for your finances, but this is very, very similar. We're talking about building a scoreboard for your business itself, because it's one thing to have a scoreboard for your finances. That's extremely important, but to have a scoreboard for your business, it's a whole different set of numbers that you're looking at, and they all mean something different. So Chris and I wanted to get on today to kind of talk about specifically what sort of things we look at in our own business as far as keeping score on ourselves. And maybe even argue a little bit on what we think the more important things are to actually measure and keep track of. Yeah. So this is definitely going to be another one of our advice buffets. So just to kind of lean into this, I'm going to share with you guys a little bit about my business and what I am tracking this year. I am a tracking Uber nerd. I don't think I've ever met anybody more fascinated by this stuff for better or for worse than I am. It's absolutely mind boggling the extent of your tracking ability. It's impressive to say the least. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> oh my God, it's all I've ever wanted someone to tell me. <laughs> okay. So anyways, <laughs> the idea here There's is, your validation. Oh, I appreciate that. So the idea here is figuring out what to track that will motivate you to win this game that is growing your business. And I think, first of all, the most important thing is that the tracking is easy. I'm not pitching this like, all right, guys, from now on, every Monday morning for three hours, you need to correlate and do math and add and subtract. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm advocating and what I advocate to all small business owners is to have an automated system that keeps score for you. There's a lot of different ways that you can do this. I'm going to rattle off a couple of them. What we're talking about is something called management accounting. What the hell is management accounting, Chris? That sounds like the most boring thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I've already hit the stop button on the podcast. I've already backed <laughs> out of YouTube. It you does. lost me at management accounting, Chris. What is this and why does it matter to me as a studio owner? The purpose of management accounting is to motivate you to do better. It's to build an automated system that you can glance at and see, has my business grown or shrunk in the last, say, 30 days? And you know, we talk about doing things that'll move the needle in your business. When you actually have a needle that you can look at and be like, oh man, I grew my business 10% this year so far. That's exciting. And you start trying to move that needle because let's face it, the most important needle you actually need to move is the revenue one. It's, are you actually making money? That's the ultimate measure of whether you're succeeding or not. So what I'm doing this year and what I recommend to all you guys as well is dramatically simplified from what I've done in the years past. Chris Graham Mastering is about as big as I would like it to be right now. Taking on a whole lot more clients would be challenging for me, especially as I'm trying to grow the home studio lessons thing. So you're saying that hundreds of clients a month, adding more to that is too much? Yes. But <laughs> more importantly, the thing here is that homestudiolessons.com, that website I mentioned I'm working on, mm -hmm. which incidentally is doing great. We got just under 40 people that I've brought on as teachers over there. That is sort of the long-term play. And I cannot continue to work on that business and have a bigger year this year than I had last year for Chris Graham Mastering. So all I'm doing is I'm tracking one number. And that one number is how much revenue has Chris Graham Mastering done between January 1st and today, this year, compared to how much revenue did Chris Graham Mastering do a year ago from January 1st to today's date, but a year ago. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, so you're tracking your revenue so far this year compared to your revenue so far last year at the same point. Right. This year's revenue minus last year's revenue during the same period of time starting January 1st. 
and you're trying to beat that number. If you're behind, you're like, oh God, I got to put the pedal to the metal or else I'm going to fall behind myself because you're essentially racing yourself. If you see that you've earned more over the first week of January, 2018 versus 2019, if you earn more in 2019 versus 2018, you're doing great. Yep. Thumbs up. You're beating your old self. You've improved your business. If you have equaled it, then you are merely maintaining your current pace of last year. And if you fall below it, then you are actually regressing on what you did last year. And that's obviously not the goal for most businesses. Exactly. So this is a big deal because it lets you race yourself, which for somebody that ran track and cross country in high school, this like race yourself mentality is programmed into me by Coach Foley at Dublin Sayota High School. And it's a really good thing. And what we would fixate on when we, you know, when I ran track in high school and cross country and all that was something called a PR, a personal record. And the whole goal and why I love cross country is that the goal is a PR. The goal is not to win. For very, very, very few people is it to win the race. The goal is to have a personal record. Did you run faster than you've ever run before? And by simplifying goal making just down to, am I having a revenue PR this year? If you just simplify it down to that and you are able to you know, pull out your bookkeeping software or to use an automated system that you have a developer build for you, or you know, there's any different number of ways you can build a simple system like this where you get one number. This year's revenue from January 1st until today's date minus last year's revenue from January 1st to today's date a year ago. If you do that, you're going to have one number. And if that number is negative, that's bad. And if that number is positive, that's good. That's all you got to do. Well, I wholeheartedly agree that you want to keep this as simple as possible and you should be tracking something. But I want to talk about something, and this is where I want to argue with you, Chris. Do it. And that is where we're talking about the discussion of leading indicator versus lagging indicator. Lead, L-E-A-D versus lag, L-A-G. A lagging indicator is your income. Your income is a result of all the stuff you've done up until this point in the year and even before that. Your income is something that you don't directly control. It's the result of all the work you've put in. It's the lagging result. A leading indicator is what you can do today to affect that lagging indicator down the road. So for a lot of you, if you aren't making much money at all, or you made no money last year, so you don't have any benchmark or some other reason that it's like in my business where it's super unsteady month to month or week to week, I don't have a great baseline that I can go off of and do what Chris is doing here because it can vary hundreds of percents from month to month. It's like an insane amount because of my business model. If you go back to episode number 58, the three roads to six figures, we talk about the differences between Chris's business model, which is rock steady month to month, and he can almost always guarantee a certain amount of revenue in his business. That sort of management accounting works really well for his business. Does not work well for my business. And I don't necessarily like it because of what I just talked about, the leading indicator versus the lagging indicator. So in my business, I like to focus on the things that I can control today, the things that will determine my income in the future. And there are several of them, and I call them my KPIs, my key performance indicators. And the problem with this approach is that it is more complicated to do. It is more work to do. It's not just simply one number. It is a series of numbers, and every single one of those numbers affect your income. So again, this is another advice buffet because for some of you, especially a mastering engineer where you have a lot of work that you're doing and it's very steady work and you don't have these wild swings in income, Chris's method may work really, really well for you. And I would encourage you that if you can make Chris's method work well for you, go for it. But if Chris's management accounting method where he's just looking at his one number, his income for this year versus last year, 
that does not work as well for me. And if that doesn't work well for you either, you can try my method of tracking your key performance indicators. And this is going to be different for everyone's business. My KPIs, the numbers that I track, my leading indicators in my business are not going to be the same in your business. You've got to find what those are for you, but I'll tell you mine. My leading indicators for my recording studio are website visitors is the first one. That is my first KPI. How many people come to my website? The second KPI or key performance indicator or another term would be leading indicator. My second number is how many quote requests did I get per month? So website visitors, a certain percentage of those will actually fill out my quote form. So that's the second number. How many quote requests did I get? And then for every quote request that I get, how many of those turn into a paid project? And if I track those three numbers, I can pretty much guarantee that if I get a certain amount of website visitors this month, I know I'll get a certain amount of quote requests and eventually those quote requests, I may have to follow up for a year, but at some point those quote requests will turn into paid projects in the future. And that's how I can more evenly predict my income into the future for my studio. And so it's not even close to the same for sixfigurehomestudio.com. Those numbers are completely different from that. I have a completely different accounting system for how I track my speedometer. The numbers I track for the Six Figure Home Studio are completely different. So you've got to figure out what the numbers are for you. If you don't have a lot of website traffic or any website traffic, it could be that you're tracking how many conversations you have or how many referrals you get or how many lunches you have with people. It can really, really vary depending on your business, but make sure that if it doesn't work, the method that Chris is talking about, that you have some other way that you are tracking numbers and that I would honestly implore you to track some sort of leading indicator of paid work that is to come versus the lagging indicator, which is your income. Because the income, that number you're tracking today, Chris, is usually a result of stuff you did six to 12 months ago. Yep. And so it can be really hard to know where you need to turn the ship because it's such a big ship that takes so much time to turn. That's six month lag time is a huge, huge issue because you could have a month where your income just tanks and it could have been from ads you were doing six months ago and you have no idea really where that problem came from. Man, I agree with everything you're saying. I think the only kind of pushback I would have, and this isn't pushback so much as helping you guys navigate this advice buffet that we're doing here. I would say that the most important number you can track is that year over year figure that I mentioned. I would say you should do that first. And you should absolutely also do all the things Brian's talking about. However, I think you should start with year over year for one simple reason. And that is that nothing is more motivating than a number with a dollar sign in front of it. When you see that, all the subjective, is this working? Is this not working? Are these numbers right? Are these numbers wrong? All that flies out the window when you see, oh my gosh, I've made twice as much so far this year as I made last year. Yes. So that number can give you the motivation, the fuel to figure out all these other things Brian's talking about. When you get that one special number, that's the score on the scoreboard. So imagine this is a football game. I apologize to you guys that are overseas that don't play football. Well, they just play a different kind of football. Right. (laughs) So the score is the net profit. How much have you made this year? The second most important number is the revenue number. How much have you made before expenses? And those two things are really the most important things. If you're tracking those, everything else, first downs, interceptions, receptions, you know, completed third down attempts, all that stuff is important. And those are leading indicators like Brian talked about. The lagging indicator is the score itself. And that is ultimately the most important part. Yeah, you're right. And this sort of comes back to that blog post, the first blog post I ever read of yours, 
was the home studio hierarchy of needs. Which I've just renamed to the home studio business hierarchy just because it was easier. I love that. I think that's much better. Less words. Yeah. So this idea that there's certain things that you want to do first and then things you want to follow up with. So I would say track revenue first and foremost. And because I've done this before, guys, this is confession time. If you start goofing around with your business and you start playing with your marketing channels and you start experimenting with paid marketing and you're not really paying attention, if you're not tracking the actual score, you can get in a spot where suddenly you're like, oh crap, we're losing. I didn't know that. Crap. At that point, you have to do the hardest thing in our industry, which is drum up business immediately. That is very difficult. The way that you do this successfully is that you consistently market yourself so that you have a consistent flow of customers. If you get in a situation where you are way down on the scoreboard and you need a lot of customers fast, there aren't a whole lot of options other than teaching on homestudiolessons.com. Oh my gosh. Anyways, I digress. (laughs) Or driving for Uber. So this is something where it's really important because it can keep you from ruining your life, one. But it's also really important because tracking your score is super motivating because then you start thinking to yourself, hmm, I kind of want to buy a new piece of gear. I kind of want to buy this super expensive microphone that I know maybe I shouldn't. When you look at the scoreboard, it's extremely sobering. All of a sudden it's like, okay, no, I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to buy that because if I do, it's going to change the number on the scoreboard and I don't want to do that. I'm way into games. I'm way into numbers. I'm way into scoreboards. And the psychological power of having that number up there for you to look at easily, you should be able to pull it up on your cell phone within a minute. If someone says, how's your business doing? You should be able to, and this is another reason you need bookkeeping software. We've seen a couple of people in the Facebook community that have said like, oh, I just use a spreadsheet. Don't do that. That's <laughs> bad because you're going to mess it up and you're not going to be able to track as quickly, which means you're going to have less opportunity for the psychological motivation the great bookkeeping software can give you because you can go into any bookkeeping software, doesn't matter who you use, and you can pull this number up in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Tops a couple minutes, usually like 20 seconds if you know where to go and look in reports. Super easy to do. So that being said, tracking that revenue number, I think is the first thing you should do. The second thing you should do, I agree with what Brian said there, is I think you should be tracking the hits on your website. If you don't have Google Analytics installed in your website, and you're trying to run a business with a website, stop listening to the podcast and go install Google Analytics right now. I'm serious. Have you ever actually sat down and thought about where your next client will come from? Most freelancers don't because most freelancers, number one strategy for getting new clients is something called hope marketing. And if that sounds like you, you're not alone. Most freelancers think that just by putting out great work, clients will come banging down your door to hire you. Now, while you obviously do need to be good at what you do, we both know that this strategy does not work. Otherwise, your calendar would be 100% booked solid with amazing projects from your ideal clients. So to help you with this fight against hopium addiction, I'm excited to announce that our flagship coaching program, Clients by Design, has finally opened up applications again. This transformational coaching journey is not a one-size-fits-all. It's tailor-made just for you. We'll do a deep dive into your business to see what's missing, and we'll lay out a step-by-step roadmap to guide you over the next six to eight months. And here's the best part. We don't just give you the plan and send you on your way. We give you personal one-on-one help so you never get stuck. And we make sure you actually follow through with something called our absolute accountability system. 
So if you're ready to stop relying on hope marketing and ready to start building your own client acquisition machine so you can get a steady flow of clients, then it's time to step up and apply for clients by design and see if you're a good fit. Just go to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. And I'll be the first to say that this program is not for everyone. So far, we've only accepted about 25% of those who apply. So if you want to find out if you're a good fit, just go to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach and fill out the application. Now here's our show. I'm going to add a caveat to that because I know so many of my students their website is not their main place where they get their work, where they get quote requests, where they get traffic. A lot of it is through Instagram. And if that's you, I would encourage you turn your personal account on Instagram into a business account. So you have analytics on there and you can see how many views your profile gets. You can start tracking some sort of what we call a top of funnel metric. What's the very top of your funnel? It's the thing that you get all your quote requests from or all your interests from. What is that top of funnel thing? And track that. That is what we're trying to get at here. Yeah. So let me address for some of you who are thinking, oh, this is more complicated than normal. I don't completely understand all of this. That's okay. The best thing you can do for your self education is to put yourself in situations where you understand less than 100% of what's going on. Ooh, stretch yourself. Stretch yourself, man. So this is a good conversation for you guys that are like, uh, this might be a little bit beyond me. Not necessarily, man. This is business. This is the actual fabric that business is made of. And no matter how good you are at everything else, if you don't get this stuff right, it ain't going to matter because someone's just going to rip you off and you're not going to know about it for six months. Yeah. And I want to go ahead and tell you, if you go back to listen to number 61 of the podcast, how fear holds us back from being better audio engineers. And by the way, if you're using the podcast app on your iPhone, it will not show the numbers of the episode. makes it very difficult. So my pro tip for you, if you're using the iOS podcast app, go download something better like CastBox or really any podcast app ever made. But I digress. (laughs) If you go back and listen to episode number 61, where we talk about fear. A lot of times when you don't understand something, you feel stupid because of your fear of looking stupid. You won't pursue something that you don't fully understand. Go listen to that episode first and foremost. That's honestly one of our most impactful episodes we'll probably ever put out because it's something that affects all of us. But do not let something like fear hold you back from implementing something like this into your business because it is so important. If you want to run your business as a business, this is one of the top things you can do is actually having some sort of scoreboard where you're competing against yourself. And again, you're not trying to compete against everyone else in the world. You're just trying to beat your own personal record because you're going to be so let down if you're constantly looking at everyone else and all the quote cool things they're doing and all the amazing things and wonderful things they're doing. You're always going to feel like you're not enough if you're always trying to compare yourself to others. So run your own race, put your scoreboard up and compete against yourself and always try to be a better person than you were last year. Gotcha. It's amazing. So let me give some tough love to you guys with this. I know that a lot of you have not done this yet. I know a ton of you haven't done this. I would say probably at least 40% of you. I'd say probably higher than that. Let's be honest. It's probably a little higher than that. So I want to speak to you guys that are hearing this and are like, that sounds like a good thing to do, but I don't know if I want to do that. The reason you don't want to do that is because you don't want to embrace the reality of your current situation. You're terrified of building a system that will objectively track your success because it might tell you you're not succeeding and you don't want to deal with that. Brother, sister, let me tell you what, if you want to move your business forward, that is the first thing you have to do. You have to have the guts to have a system that tells you if you're winning or losing. Huge. So Chris, what are some things we can leave people with in order to implement some sort of system for tracking their progress, their score, if you will? Yeah. Get bookkeeping software. 
so many options out there. I use QuickBooks. Brian uses GoDaddy Bookkeeping. I use GoDaddy Bookkeeping forever. It's great. There'll be links to this in our show notes at the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash 64. That's slash 64. We have all the links to anything we talk about in this episode. Yeah. Don't worry about what you get. Whatever you get is way infinitely better than your spreadsheet. And listen to me here. We advocate running a lean studio, keeping your expenses low, not buying some fancy schmancy piece of gear because you think that the logo on the piece of gear will win you more clients. We are giving you permission slash telling you pay the monthly fee for bookkeeping software. It's like 10 bucks a month tops. I think I pay 17 for QuickBooks, but I get tax software with it as well. It's great. It's like the QuickBooks TurboTax combo. It's fantastic. Highly recommend it. Never feel bad spending a couple bucks a month tracking something as important as your finances, not just because it can keep you from ruining everything, but in my opinion, most importantly, because it's a huge motivator to move your business forward Because when you look at that number and think, oh, I want to grow that, then you start thinking creatively about what can I do? What's the next step? What new marketing activities can I do? What new services could I offer? What services should I stop offering where I don't make enough per hour to justify offering so that I can double down on the services that are working? I do want to add something real quick. And that is for those of you who are going to go the route that I talk about, which is tracking your key performance indicators, your top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. What are those three numbers you need to look at and track? What you got to do. If that is the case, this is where spreadsheets do work because there are not a lot of good software solutions that are flexible enough to track all of the nuances that every single one of us are going to have because it's going to be so specific depending on what sort of business model you have, what sort of if you're doing recurring revenue versus one-time small fees versus one-time large fees, like there's just so many ways it can go. And if you get your work on Instagram versus Facebook versus Tinder or Bumble or Snapchat or Grinder, or if you get your business, <laughs> that was a joke, or you get your business from your website like Chris and I do, or if you're using paid advertising, I do a lot of paid advertising for the Six Figure Home Studio and I track all of this stuff in a spreadsheet. That's the most flexible way for me to do this. And so don't feel like you have to go out there and get some crazy complex software solution for this sort of thing, because there are none that will do it well. And if they do do it well, it's going to be $400 or more a month because it's such a complex thing for them to run. So if you're going to do that, I would say, actually, there's a spreadsheet I've already made that if you want to copy it, I could give you guys a link to it. Remember that calculator thing I made, Chris? Oh yeah, dude, totally do it. That's awesome. Yeah, there will be a video slash spreadsheet download that you can go to if you go to the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash spreadsheet. And I will have a spreadsheet there that gives you a few calculators and few things that you can track. And you can honestly alter it to track your own stuff if you need to. I haven't made this page yet, but it should be there by the time this podcast (laughs) goes live. Yeah. All right. So let's simplify this. So here's sort of my advice. First and foremost, and Brian, tell me if you agree or have alternative advice here. First and foremost, get bookkeeping software so that you can run called a P&L, profit and loss. You can run a P&L from January 1st to whatever the date is today or this year. I agree with that advice. Yeah. You can import all your old bank information. It takes a little bit. It's kind of a pain in the butt. It's not complicated. It's just a pain. You can import last year's whatever. And that system is going to get better for you every single year. So subscribe to some kind of bookkeeping software and keep that subscription active until you decide to quit doing this for a living. Yeah. My first year with my bookkeeping software was 2014 and it was horrible that year. And I was contemplating not using it anymore. And then I just got better and better at organizing and labeling. And 
it now remembers all of the expenses for everything that I do repeatedly. So I don't have to recategorize it. And like, like I said, it's just, it just gets better with age. So if you are frustrated when you first sign up for one, just stick with it. Yep. This is super worth it. I would say for anybody that's made any money and it's trying to make more money, this is like, I can't imagine anyone not doing this because the risk involved of not doing it is so high. So what's our next step? Step number two. Step number two is figure out how to track your other key performance indicators, your KPIs that Brian talked about. If you are using a website to sell on, you should have Google Analytics installed. If you are accepting payments on your website, you shouldn't use something fancy that does a perfect job. You should use something off the shelf that's easy. I use a WordPress website with a WooCommerce e-commerce backend. WordPress is the most popular way to build a website on the internet. WooCommerce is the most popular way to have a store on a WordPress website. There are lots of other options. It doesn't really matter what you use so long as you're not the only person using it. Yeah, you don't want a custom solution for any of this. You don't. Yeah. If you are the type of person that tries to overcomplicate things. Like me. K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. Because if you try to make some sort of custom crazy solution for a simple problem, you're not going to be able to track things because you violated rule number one, which was make it as simple as possible or K-I-S-S. Yeah. So our good friend Bjorgvin Benedictson over at audioissues.net, he really kicked my butt on this about a year or two ago. I was trying to solve a problem and he said something that rocked me. And I was like, I could do it this way or I could do it this way or I could get really complicated and do it this way. It was over text. And he said, well, the simplest way is probably the best way. And it was like, oh, you're so right. Because, and to quote our buddy, Tim Ferriss, I wish, our buddy. (laughs) He feels like my buddy. Yeah, he's amazing. And I don't know if this is his quote. Might be, might not be. He says, what gets fancy gets broken. What gets fancy gets broken. Don't get fancy. Pull the first thing off the shelf that the most people are using for two reasons. One, it's going to be cheap because everybody's using it. Two, the instructions on how to use it are going to be spectacular because there's going to be YouTube videos and tutorials and forums and all sorts of crap that you're going to be able to use. And three, if it breaks, you won't be the first person to spot it six months after it broke and screwed up how your whole year was going financially. So yeah, use stuff off the shelf. And as far as tracking your traffic to your website goes, the best tool, bar none, is free. It's Google Analytics. Let me step in here and say, when it comes to actually tracking your KPIs, one thing that is going to be more important than anything else, one thing that's going to be crucial to this is that you are consistently updating it. Your finances, if you're in a bookkeeping software, should pretty much automatically handle most of the things you do. But when it comes to tracking your KPIs, your key performance indicators, this is something you are probably going to have to do yourself because all of the numbers are going to come from different sources. And so what I do in my own business is I just set aside Friday to be my spreadsheet day, my update day. That's the day that I will manually update my personal budget. It's the day that I will manually go through and categorize anything that needs to be categorized in my bookkeeping app, which is very few things these days. It's the day that I go update all of my spreadsheets for all my business stuff, including all my ad funnels. And so that I'm constantly tracking all the stuff over time. So I know when things are starting to get out of hand and I can fix it before it gets crazy out of hand and I waste a bunch of money. And it's the day that I take any meetings as well, just because Fridays are great days where I can just kind of be out of creative mode and into structure mode because my brain's already dead creatively anyway. So (laughs) pick a day that works for you and pick a time that works for you, but make sure it's a consistent thing and is part of your routine. Oh, that's huge. I can't overstate how important being part of your routine is. Yeah, that's huge. So we've talked about this many times on the podcast before. 
But if you're like, oh, this sounds kind of complicated, I just want to move my business forward immediately. That's why you guys are all listening to this. I'm sure on some level we're moderately entertaining. But what you're looking for is the little nuggets of truth. No, we're not. And There's no entertainment value in this podcast. <laughs> One of those nuggets of truth is set time aside every week at the exact same time. For me, when I first started growing my business, it was Wednesday afternoons. I wouldn't take projects on Wednesday afternoons. Set aside time to work on your business, not in your business. And if you listen to the podcast for any amount of time, you've heard us talk about this many, many times. Yeah, huge. So important not to be underestimated. So that is it for this episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I mentioned earlier in the episode that if you go to the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash spreadsheet, that you can download that spreadsheet that I mentioned to track your KPIs. I just finished it. I shot a video that goes along with it. It's a very in-depth tutorial going over all the stuff I just talked about, plus a lot more, a lot of really cool calculators you can use to start making better estimates in your business. And so you can get the video, you can get the spreadsheet, everything by going to the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash spreadsheet, or by going to our show notes page at the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash 64. And even if you don't want to create a scoreboard or track your KPIs or do any of this mess, um, I really encourage you to go watch the video on that page because I took it straight out of uh, one of my courses, the Home Studio Startup. I took a portion of it out and uh, it goes over some really cool calculators that could be fun to play with. And so uh, that'll give you a peek behind the curtains for that course as well. Next week's episode is with a friend of mine named Chris Greenwood. He runs a website called smartmusicbusiness.com. And his platform is basically like the six-figure home studio, but for musicians. He talks about the business and marketing side of being a musician. And so we bring him on the podcast to talk about how we can help develop the artists that we record and that we produce and that we mix and that we master. Because if we can help them succeed, if we can do whatever we can to help their careers flourish, then that in turn helps us out. So this is a complete mindset change for a lot of us. And honestly, myself in the past, I have worked with hundreds of artists and I didn't do as nearly as much as I could have to help them develop as musicians and artists and help them gain popularity. Because again, none of us wants to record a full album for a month and a half only to have crickets when it's released. That doesn't help us. It doesn't help our artists. That doesn't help their income. And if we can help them win, it helps us in our long-term outlook on our career. So that episode comes out next week, bright and early, Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Hope to see you there. And uh, until next time, thanks for listening and happy hustling. Whoa.